Hey guys, welcome to the Cortez Law Firm's podcast. My name is Steve Cortez and I'm an attorney at the Cortez Law Firm. And today we're going to talk about the pros and cons of probate. What are the pluses and what are the minuses of having to go through the probate process? Now, I will tell you that if you've ever been through a probate, you will probably think that there's nothing but cons. There's just minuses. But I think we should go over them and uh, kind of just explain uh, what we think the pros and cons are. Now, I know that most people don't like to talk about probate. I mean, seriously, nobody likes to talk about death. But it's important that you know what the pros and cons, the pluses and minuses are. So we're just going to quickly look at them and what it's like to go through the process. So first, let's talk about the pros. For some estates, especially those in which there's no will, the system, the probate system, works to make sure that all of your assets are distributed according to the law. Uh, Now, of course, it depends on what state you're in, uh, but uh, we have a pretty good probate system here in Oklahoma. And if you're going through the probate process, whether you have a last will or you don't have a last will, the procedure is exactly the same in Oklahoma for both of those. And I think in other states, um, it it is different. So wherever you are, you know, just talk to your estate planning attorney. And I always advise people, have these conversations uh, before something happens. So if, if, if you haven't done your own estate planning, get with an estate planning attorney in your location, wherever you are in the United States, and have a conversation. Um, and if it's maybe your parents that you're worried about, uh, still go talk to an estate planning attorney and see you know, what the options are available for, for them and for you. Now, some of the potential advantages of probating an estate is that it really provides a legal procedure for distributing the property of the deceased person if no will is left. It also validates and enforces the intentions of the deceased person if a will does exist. So like I said, in Oklahoma, the procedure is really the same whether you have a will or not. But either way, the probate process really does um, provide a way to distribute the assets and and really give some validity to it and really actually sometimes gives people closure as well. Um, a lot of times you don't actually even have to show up to the courthouse as long as we've got all the documents in place. Uh, but a lot of my clients like to, um, especially for the final hearing, I'd like to have my clients there because it does give them some finality. Uh to not only the process, but uh, you know, it's it's just another another um, check mark in the uh, in the grieving process. I don't mean to say check mark, but you know, it's just another it's just another uh, step along the way to um, getting through that process of losing somebody. It also ensures that taxes are paid and that creditor claims are paid on the estate. That is really, really important um, because uh, a lot of times, um, especially with sometimes unscrupulous creditors, they will start to harass the heirs of an estate, the sons or daughters. Somehow they get their, not somehow, unfortunately, <laughs> everybody knows who everybody is nowadays with uh, all, all the uh, electronic records that they are. And so what we see a lot is 
that a creditor, unscrupulous ones, will start to harass, and and they can't. They're not supposed to be doing this. It's actually illegal. But they 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 do start to harass the heirs of an estate, uh, telling them that they need to pay the credit card or or whatever the the money is that that their mother or father incurred while they were still living. So let me just say that if your mother or father or whoever your, your, your deceased uh, loved one was or is, um, whatever, whatever claims they have against them when they were living, when they pass away, those claims are against their estate. If you are a personal representative or an heir, you are not responsible for the debts of the person who passed away. Now, there could be some exceptions to that. I mean, if you knew that there was a claim out there and you didn't let the creditor know or you just kind of like, you know, tried to um, fraudulently transfer the assets uh, out of the estate into your name uh, when you knew that there was claims out there, then then they might be able to, they probably will come after you for that. But um, if you go through the probate process, that's one of the pros of the probate process is it does really give some uh, validity to the process and it gives, it enforces the statutes, especially here in Oklahoma, uh, on when uh, the, the creditors have, the time frame that the creditors have to come forward and present their claim. And if they don't present it within that time period, then uh, their claim is usually barred. In other words, they can't, they can't come forward after that time period has expired. And another thing that's a pro for a probate is, and I've already touched on this, is it really provides finality to the person's beneficiaries. And it really gets rid of any kind of lingering feeling that they might have, um, well, like the claims, you know, did we do everything right? Um, Is there anybody that's going to come forward now three years later? Can, Can I spend the money that I inherited? So the probate process really kind of provides some finality to that and and hopefully gets rid of that uh, feeling of uncertainty. And like I said, if there are debts as part of the estate, it uh, in Oklahoma, it only gives creditors kind of a small window. It's usually about 60 days to come forward and provide uh, a claim against the estate. And uh, in Oklahoma, what we do as part of the probate process is if we know about a creditor, so like let's say we know that they had a credit card with Discover Card or Citibank, then if we know that, then we're actually going to send a notice to Discover or Citibank and say, this person passed away. They had a credit card with you. We believe that they may have owed you money. And so we give them a copy of the notice and they have 60 days to come forward um, to make a claim against a state. Now in Oklahoma, and it may be different in other states, it's 60 days from the date of first publication. So we actually publish the notice to creditors as well in the newspaper. And that time frame starts on the date of first publication. So uh, even if we don't have uh, a list of all the creditors or, or we just really don't know, um, that's a possibility. Um, somebody may have, have given uh, your loved one a, a, a personal loan um, and maybe they paid off in a year or something. We had somebody came, come in the other day who had borrowed um, $10,000 from somebody and they were supposed to pay it off $3,000 a year in one, one payment uh, each year for three years. So they were supposed to give $3,000, $3,000, and I think the last year was $4,000. Or actually, it was a little bit more um, because of interest. 
but um, if we didn't publish, then that person may not know that uh, that that the person had passed away and that they had to come forward to make a claim against the estate. So um, that's kind of how we had handle uh, creditors, and uh, those are some of the pr- the pros that I think for uh, for the probate process. And I, like I said, I think the big thing is that it really provides kind of a finality uh, for the beneficiaries of the estate, the heirs. Now, for the cons, um, probably the biggest con on a probate is that it's a public record. And that means that uh, any financial, personal financial information that's part of the estate, all of that becomes public record. So one of the things when we do a probate, we have to do um, really within the first month or so is we have to file an inventory, uh, just kind of a general inventory of what's in the estate. Um, and that, you know, we may not say the actual bank account numbers or, um, you know, sp- well, they, they do get kind of specific. So we might say a uh, person had a savings account at Bank of Oklahoma or Tinker Federal Credit Union. Uh, and there they also had a checking account. So we'll actually put that in. And if we know the approximate amount of money, then we need to put that in there as well. Um, if they had any insurance policies that we're expecting, we, we would have to put the insurance policy. You know, we expect to get X amount of money from the insurance policy that's going to be paid to the estate. Same thing with the real estate. Um, you may have lived in a house for 30, 40 years, but you may have only rented that house. And you may not want people to know that you rented the house. You want, may, may have wanted people, you know, people are funny when it comes to money. They, they don't want people to know their, their personal their personal stuff, right? We don't, we don't like people to be in our personal business. Um, and unfortunately that's what a probate does. It puts everything about you, all your financial information out there into the public record. We actually have to file, um, inventories and, and list out what your assets are. So that just that right there can scare a lot of people. Um, and you know, if you, if it's a family with a substantial amount of assets, you may not want that in the public domain because you, you may not want, uh, not necessarily just creditors, but you may not want, uh, I call them shysters. <laughs> you may not want people who are thieves to start preying on your heirs. Um, that, that, that could create that situation of all of a sudden, uh, they're in the public record. It shows that, you know, you, you had $2 million in the bank account. The next thing that's kind of a con is there's considerable cost to the probate process. Um, we in a if you watch any of our YouTube videos, uh, we recently did a video where we talked about the cost of having to go through the probate process versus having a, a revocable living trust. And in that scenario, I said that a revocable living trust, I think we said it cost five thousand dollars. That's just a number we made up. Um, and and this was for a married couple. We said five thousand dollars and. Then we also did, went through the cost of doing uh, a will-based estate plan for them as well. And for that, the cost was somewhere around, I, don't, I can't remember, it was like $3,000. But the, the bottom line is after we went through, after they, they lived their life, every time one of the spouses in the married couple passed away, we had to do a probate for the, the ones that had the will. And so every time we did a probate, that cost around you know four to $7,000. And then when the second one passed away, we had to do another probate and that was another four to $7,000. And the person who did the, the married couple who did the revocable living trust, they just had that $5,000 up front. So it cost them a little bit more money, 
But in the long run, their estate saved, uh, I think it was anywhere between like ten and $15,000. So that may, you may say, well, that's ten dollars or $15,000 over our lifetime or, or, you know, over 10, 15 years uh, before we passed away. But that's ten dollars or $15,000 that could be invested in your estate, producing more money for you to go on vacations, producing uh, more money for your heirs to actually inherit. Um, so, you know, if your estate was only worth $80,000 and you had, you went the revocable living trust route, um, that's potentially $75,000 that your heirs could inherit. If you went through the will route, uh, and got wills for each of you and you had to go through the probate process, then potentially, um, you know, that could cost anywhere from 14 to $20,000 to go through those processes. And, um, uh, and that means less money for for your for your heirs. So that'd be like seventy five thousand versus sixty thousand dollars. So there are considerable costs that are going through the probate process. Um, now, like I said, it gets deducted from the total value of the estate, which means your heirs get less money. Uh, the other con is a probate can be time consuming, which holds up the distribution of assets for months um, and sometimes years if the family starts fighting. You know, one of the things, <laughs> one of the questions that actually kind of bothers me a lot is heirs will call all the time and say, where is my money? And I have to very politely tell them it's not their money. This money is part of the estate of their loved one. And we have to go through the probate process and we have to follow the law. And once we get through, if there's any money left over, then that is the money that will be distributed to them. But it's not their money. Um, and I just, I, it's, uh, kind of interesting that, uh, apparently a lot of, a lot of heirs out there, um, unfortunately really bank and sometimes spend their inheritance before, uh, before we've even, before we're even halfway through the probate process. Um, little disturbing, uh, but I guess, uh, the other thing I found in probating estates for over 20 years is that, uh, money definitely changes people. <laughs> So brothers and sisters who have loved each other all their lifetime, um, all of a sudden when they, they uh, stand to inherit, uh, it doesn't even matter how much money, um, but any little bit of money from their parents' estate, all of a sudden um, they start fighting like cats and dogs. When that happens, and unfortunately it does happen a lot, um, then that just delays things because if somebody shows up to court to contest some part of the probate process, then I've said this in other, in a, I think in our last podcast, when that happens, uh, the judge does not have time to hear, uh, usually does not have time to hear um, the, the reasoning on that day. And, and it's also kind of a due process uh, deal as well. So what usually happens is if somebody shows up to protest something that's going on in the probate process, the judge is going to set that for a future day, usually 20 to 30 days into the future uh, to set that for hearing. And so just right there, because somebody showed up to complain or protest something, uh, the probate process has been delayed. Because it's been delayed, that means your attorney is going to have to prepare for that next hearing, uh, possibly talk to witnesses, uh, possibly have to draft motions. And you can see how it could very quickly get very expensive for the probate. The other con is, and this one I do see a lot, uh, even if everything is going really smoothly, 
is that probate can be complicated and stressful for the personal representative uh, and the heirs and the beneficiaries, uh, but in particular, the personal representative. Um, now, we, we try to, here at our law firm, try to do as much handholding as we can um, for the beneficiaries, but the bottom line is that uh, it is a stressful it is a stressful um, ordeal to have to go through a probate. And I will say that um, a lot of times, uh, once we have finished with the probate process, uh, if I had to put a percentage on it, I would say it's between 70 and 80% of the, of the, of our clients who we represent as, as a personal representative of somebody else's, like their father or their mother's probate, uh, about 70 or 80% of them then become estate planning clients and we actually do an estate plan for them. So um, th that just, I think that illustrate, that's the best example and the best illustration of, of the con <laughs> of having to go through the probate and, and how it really is, it can really be a stressful uh, situation uh, for the personal representative. So the bottom line is that uh, while the probate process provides a legal process for distributing your stuff, it can create undue costs, delays, and stress for your family. So for that reason, uh, many people, and I, I, I've said this in other podcasts and in uh, on our YouTube channel. By the way, our YouTube channel, uh, you can find our videos there at uh, on YouTube. Just search for Cortez Law Firm, C-O-R-T-E-S Law Firm. Um, and coincidentally, that's also our website, <laughs> Cortez Law Firm, Dot com and Cortez is with an S, not a Z. Cortez with an S. CortezLawFirm.com. But uh, for that reason, uh, I many people prefer, and I recommend that for most situations, a revocable living trust centered estate plan is, excuse me, is the best way uh, to distribute your assets to provide a framework for your protection while you're living. If you were to become incapacitated while you're alive. Um, and for distributing your assets to who you want, when you want, and how you want those distributed uh, after you pass away. So I invite you to, uh, if you have other uh, any other questions, uh, send us an email uh, at uh, steve at oklahomaestateplan.com, or you can visit our website and download our free probate guide at uh, corteslawfirm.com forward slash Oklahoma-probate. That's CortezLawFirm.com forward slash Oklahoma-probate. And we have a free probate guide that you can download there. I invite you to download it. It uh, answers a lot of questions that people have about the probate process. Well, that's all for today. I hope you enjoyed this podcast. If you have any questions, like I said, just uh, send us an email uh, or drop a comment. And uh, we would ha be happy to try to answer those in a future podcast. So I hope you have a great day, at an awesome week, and uh, we'll see you next time. Thanks for watching. Bye-bye.